Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. I have a guest that I'm very excited about today. His name is Paul the Book Guy. And um, obviously, we're going to talk about reading, reading, digital reading, how reading has changed books, why books make great gifts why it's great to influence literacy and kids and grown-ups. And um, very, very excited to have you, Paul, live from Canada, right? Hi, good morning, Cindy. Good morning to you. I, I would assume that you like to be identified as Paul the Book Guy. Paul Alves is fine. Uh, Paul the Book Guy, when I do the podcast or when I uh, write my posts on the website, paulthebookguy.com. Okay, and, you know, Facebook, of course. Um, you know, so tell me how you started, to how Paul Alves became Paul the book guy. Uh, that's actually an interesting story. Uh, I, I just felt uh, wanting to write reviews some of the books that uh, I was reading. So I started building them on a little website that I sort of built myself and uh, kind of grew from there. People started uh, commenting on the, on the views. So we rebuilt the site uh, about two years ago, and made it more of a community site. Uh, people can log in and become members. Uh, you know, they can register as members. And uh, we started a Twitter uh, social media program. We got on there, and, uh, you know, 8,000 followers later, we're, uh, we're doing well. Uh, lots of, uh, you know, people involved in the whole uh, book thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I need to choose the URL, and uh, to be quite honest with you, the, the only one that was left, uh, you know, that worked was all the book guy, and it kind of stuck. So, well, it's very appropriate. You are in a hobby world right now that has changed significantly, and you know that. Um, books have changed. Um, digital marketing has changed the way we read books today um, or that we share information about books today. And what I'm learning, and tell me if I'm correct, Paul, is that the author world supports each other in a much more community fashion. There, you know, there seems to be less dependence on, you know, the bigger publishing companies um, for a number of reasons, I guess. And I'm not saying that books that are published from larger publishing companies are, you know, verboten in any way. I'm just saying that there's this new kind of opportunity for um, authors and book enthusiasts to talk with each other and be kind of a community and review each other's books and give each other advice and, you know, get their fan clubs to read other books. This whole book club phenomenon has evolved, am I correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, in the olden days, uh, someone would send their manuscript, you know, in a, a huge envelope and send it by courier and pray, you know, night and day that uh, the publisher would, uh, would accept it or even read it and then publish it. Uh, nowadays, uh, authors are sending in their manuscripts. I mean, it's still fine to get with the big publishers, but uh, that rejection letter isn't uh, the death knell anymore. Uh, a lot of these uh, authors will get that rejection letter, and it doesn't really bother them because they were going to self-publish anyways, uh, you know, through Smashwords or other things that get it gets it onto iTunes, Amazon, uh, Kobo, Barnes and Noble, 
And uh, there's a lot of authors actually selling you know, millions of copies on iTunes. Uh, and often the lesser-known authors will, will price their books at you know, a dollar, two dollars. But still, if you can sell 500,000 of, of the book, and even at a dollar, uh, not bad for self-publishing, where before self-publishing meant you had to you know, have a, a thousand books printed, throw them in the van, and you know, do a cross-country tour uh, trying to vlog them at uh, book signings. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, the authors have become a community. You look at Smashwords. Uh, a lot of the readers there are authors themselves. Uh, e- even my own Twitter following, uh, and I try to keep it the only book lovers. I, I try to cut out all the, you know, all the uh, internet marketer, the bots, right? The, the people that aren't actually real people. So uh, a lot of those book lovers that are listening to our show as well are, are authors. And yeah, they're well connected now. No, I think that's great, and, uh, you know, I've mentioned to you, Paul, that, you know, I'm embarking upon being, you know, an author for the first time in my life, and it's very, 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 very scary for me. <laughs> and um, oh, Don't be scared. <laughs> don't be scared, but I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, joining these communities and, of course, doing everything I can for everybody else. I, you know... It, one thing that hasn't changed in the digital world is if you, you know, give a lot to people, it's easier to get back than to just, you know, ask, ask, ask without the art of giving. And I think that that's very um, relevant for the way that, you know, social media platforms work and digital community support works today. And, you know, so that's my theory, and I hope I'm correct. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, on in social media, a lot where a lot of people fail uh, in uh, promoting their company or their product, uh, or their blog, or their podcast is that they they think of uh, social media as a signpost. So they think that Twitter, Facebook, and Google Plus uh, are places where they just post their ads or post a picture of their new product, where it's not. You have to treat it like a newspaper. Uh, like you're contributing to a newspaper because people are, are more and more going to social media for their daily news and for information and things they like. So if you're not providing good content, like if I'm not putting book reviews on uh, Twitter and talking about books and you know, uh, putting out book news in a timely manner, then people who like books aren't going to be uh, you know, engaged in my, my Twitter uh, they're just going to see it as a guy posting a bunch of ads for his podcast. So, yeah, you have to totally get into the social media, but you have to provide a, a, a product, something that people want to read. You know, uh, uh, Leo Laporte from Twitter, when he, he tweets out uh, technology-based uh, information, he's not just tweeting, hey, come, come you know, uh, listen to my show today. And, you know, tomorrow, okay, come to listen to my show t- today. Because, you know, no one wants to read a bunch of ads. You know, if the newspaper was all, uh, you know, advertisements for toasters, no one would buy it. Yeah, no, I think that's, you make a very, very good point in terms of being organic, edit, editorially based, and talking about product, dialoguing about product, engaging about situations in a very organic basis rather than, you know, hi, I'm a paid ad and, uh, you know, buy me now. It, it really doesn't work. You have to have some kind of, you know, entertainment value or information value that are going to want people, you know, it's going to engage people to continue looking at your postings in RSS feeds 
And, um, you know, I think that it's very, very hard, Paul, for the old school traditional business person to understand and make that transition. They, you teach them about social media platforms like Twitter and they get very frustrated and, and <laughs> they don't, a lot of people just don't get it. And um, right. I, I hope that eventually they do because it's really in the next five years, I think, going to be, you know, one of the only ways left to market and attract millions of fans that you couldn't possibly attract, um, you know, like you said, with a thousand books in the back of your car. Oh, absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right because more and more uh, back to books, um, uh, you know, it uh, used to be, well, here locally in Toronto, that if, if you got a good book review in the Globe and Mail newspaper or the Toronto Star or the Toronto Sun, uh, you'd sell a bajillion books. That's where the, the book readers were going to, to, to find new books. And nowadays, it's completely different. People are going to goodreads.com or they're going to amazon.com and reading the reviews or, you know, a uh, small portion of that market going to paulthebookguy.com, uh, you know, and, and they're... they're going to online for, to see what their peers are saying about the books. And it seems more and more uh, that the peers' uh, opinion on these books has uh, more weight and more value rather than uh, you know, a single book reviewer sitting at the newspaper office. Uh, same thing for movies. Uh, RottenTomatoes.com, the, they have more clout. Uh, most people value the... Uh, the, uh, the the average, uh, they have two scores. One is uh, professional critics, and the other one is the audience score. And most people that I know, they value that audience score more than the critic score. And sometimes uh, some movies will have a you know, 30% critic score and an you know, 85% audience, you know, a crowdsource score. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, people are going online for these kind of things. No, it's true. And it's funny, you know, I'm going to use a timely example. And you know this from the book world, too, as well as the movie world. You know, you have a series like Twilight. doesn't matter at all what the reviewers are going to say because they have such a community following that they're going to sell out and make, you know, multi-millions at the box office anyway, right? Right. So, so yeah, so fans of the Twilight series will go online and, and find, uh, you know, other kindred spirits, and uh, that's how they communicate. Uh, and you know, uh, a peer, peer-to-peer sort of uh, review site, in that case, uh, holds more weight to them. And, and as the, you know, the professional reviewers dismiss the Twilight series as being awful or, you know, whatever, uh, that actually pushes the, the populace more towards the, their peer, peer-to-peer review sites because uh, sometimes some of the critics are a little bit out of touch with what, uh, you know, the person on the street actually wants to watch as far as a movie or, or read as far as a book. Uh, I think that's really true. Very, very true. Um, well, listen, in a couple of minutes we take a commercial break and um, you know, we'll talk about more stuff. Are you familiar with the virtual book tour, Paul? Uh, I am. It's, uh, I've actually uh, I've, I've done a couple of... I've actually, I just started a, a, a tour on that. If we're talking about the same thing, uh, it's, a, it's a PR campaign uh, as far as books. Yes, yes, exactly. If you, you know, um, before I have our break, if um, you want to talk a little bit about, you know, that, and then maybe in the next segment, you know, about, you know, the logistics and how to do it, I think that my listeners would really appreciate it. 
Um, so, you know, why don't you just define for the last minute of the show what, you know, your definition of a virtual book tour, and then we'll maybe go into a little bit more detail as we get to the next segment. Sure. Uh, well, the virtual book tour is, is the online equivalent of, uh, like I said before, getting in your van with a thousand copies of your book and doing book signings, where uh, folks now are, are, you know, especially uh, authors with, uh, especially a lot of the self-published authors, it's a lot cheaper for them to just, stay, you know, go online and, and actually it gets them more results as well, and and you know, uh, basically do a virtual tour of the, the blog sites, uh, you know, Twitter, uh, various podcasts. So uh, they, they can reach an audience of, you know, hundreds of thousands uh, without leaving, uh, you know, without leaving their, uh, their laptop. I, I, I think that that's very appealing for a lot of authors, particularly if they're self-published. Well, listen, Paul, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Um, I want everybody to stay tuned in for Paul Alves, Paul the Book Guy. And, Paul, why don't you give the URL to your website for my listeners, please? Absolutely. We can be found at paulthebookguy.com, and that's the, the home for all the, pod, the book podcast and the book reviews. And we're also at uh, ministryofpodcasts.com, uh, where you'll find uh, some of our other podcasts. All right. Well, listen, stay tuned. Don't go away, Paul. Stand by. Listen to our, our broadcast network's wonderful commercials, and <laughs> don't go away. I'm looking forward to them. Okay. <laughs> Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we are talking with Paul Alves, Paul the book guy, and please go back to the first segment if you have missed it, because he talks about, you know, the digital book world and makes some great comparisons on how it's a little different and presents more opportunities than the traditional book world as we knew it when people were carrying around a lot of paper, um, and he has a magnificent, magnificent podcast, and you could 
check out his website, and I'm going to have Paul plug it throughout the show, as promised, because that's what we people in the digital community do. Right, Paul? That, that's right. That's what we do. Now, we were talking about virtual book tours, and that's such a great way to promote your book, whether you're a published author or a self-published author. And I think that line is also being blurred, uh, really, because uh, someone picking up their iPad and uh, going to the iBook store, uh, you know, it's not like there's a big flag, uh, you know, on, on your book that says uh, self-published. Uh, so, you know, if, if your cover looks good, uh, you know, if, it's, if the quality of the art is just as good as all the others, no one knows that you're, you know, self-published. But uh, the virtual book tour is a, a fantastic way to promote your, your, your book. And, and you can actually take that to, to anything you're promoting, really. You know, you could do a virtual whatever tour on the Internet if you, if you, you know, play your cards right. All right, well, let me, and, I'm going to ask you some you know, man-in-the-street questions that might sound a little naive, okay? Let's, you know, I've, I've introduced you to my friend, Chris Malberg, and he's written, as you know, um, you know, Car Wars, which is... Uh, yes. Really, really... We're going to have him on the show, uh, on our next show. And I, and I think that's fantastic. And, you know, I, he's a friend of mine, and, you know, he is, you know, a writing coach and um, fantastic business book writer. I mean, he's published about 12 of them, and he is a CPA, so he has that kind of credibility and knowledge about, you know, business and, you know, how finance works and all of that kind of stuff. So then, you know, he, you know, he throws himself into fiction, and for a first fiction book, it's really, really quite good. I mean, I, you know, I think that it has all of the elements of a potential screenplay, and, you know, it's, Timely because it talks about mechanical failure in you know cars that have to do with corporate corporate espionage. So you know it's very like the TV show Twenty Four. You know it, it has a lot of those kind of fun yes. elements, um, and you know it incorporates terrorism and all of that kind of stuff. So you know he's never promoted a book before. Okay, I mean a fiction book anyway. So. You know, what does he do? Does he go on to other, you know, book sites like your own and start reviewing other books so then people could maybe look at his book in kind? Let's be very, very basic because, again, for a layman that doesn't have any idea, your tips would be very helpful. Right. So, so uh, one of the first places you can start if you really want to you know, uh, promote yourself online or promote your book, uh, and this actually, again, applies to just about anything you're promoting, uh, uh, let's go back to the, we'll call it the olden days. Uh, you would get the newspaper. Uh, of course, if you could get an ad on the front page, great. If you get in the inside, you know, site page two, even better, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So what you're going to want to do is um, get a picture in your mind. What would someone be searching on Google that you'd like to be uh, displayed on that page? So if, if in his case, it might be, uh, you know, uh, Chinese corporations or uh, 24 terrorism, uh, that kind of thing. Or, again, book, for, in this case, it's a book. So he, you know, he'd want to uh, Google you know, book reviews, see what comes up, right? Uh, look at that page of book reviews on Google. Now, there's going to be a bunch of sites there, and uh, you're promoting yourself. Now, you're probably not going to be able to get onto that first page of Google yourself, uh, at least not you know, uh, in a timely manner. So approach some of the websites that are on that uh, front page or get involved. If, uh, if the top hit is goodreads.com, 
Well, look at that. You can become a member of Goodreads. Now get on Goodreads and get your book on there, promote it there. You know, if the second hit from the top is Paul the Book Guy, contact Paul the Book Guy. Apparently he responds and, you know, you never know. You'll get on his podcast and just keep kind of going down the line of that, that one Google results page. Uh, you may not be able to uh, get on that page, but you certainly can do your best to contact uh, the websites and the people and the bloggers on that page and, uh, you know, because uh, they're obviously the ones with the Google clout, or their website uh, is prominently featured in Google. So you want to contact those people, use their Google juice, we call it, and uh, get involved in their site and, and get an article on their site. And, uh, you know, a lot of the bloggers are very responsive. I mean, uh, despite how, how fancy some of these web pages look, a lot of these people are really approachable. I mean, they will email you back and, you know, and then say, hey, that's great, Chris. Uh, you know, love to read your book. You know, send me a review copy. And, you know, even that, again, nowadays, there's nothing easier than uh, emailing someone, uh, you know, a, a copy of your book. You don't even have to pay postage. It's fantastic. Yeah, I know. I think that's, I think that's 100% true. And, um, you know, listen, I, I love the fact that there's that kind of community support um, and I think that you, Paul, are in a great place because you seem to know all of these people because you are the community. <laughs> I mean, you are, a, you, know, you are a big part of it, and you certainly are very, very, very generous with your advice and um, you know, really appreciate it. Um, conventional public relations people that grew up in the digital world um, before virtual book tours were even in existence, I would imagine, are, you know, going through some kinds of changes in the way that they do business. I think that if a book PR person didn't, you know, didn't have that digital experience when they were promoting books in the old days, as you say, I think that they had to learn a whole new art. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, learning new technology and uh, social media—it's—it's it's not as hard as you might think. You just gotta find the find the closest eight-year-old and ask them ten questions. You know, uh, kids nowadays uh, just look at what they're reading. I mean, uh, uh, I, I, I commute to work on uh, on, the, on the subway here because I'm by the airport and driving's a, just a mess. Um, and uh, I—it's rare that I see someone carrying around a paperback anymore or a hard, well, never a hardcover. They've all got Kindles and iPads. So, you know, if you are promoting books and if, if you know, you're promoting authors as, as a PR person, you definitely want to get uh, involved in the technology. You, you want to hold it in your hand and, and see what it is and how it works and how it connects to social media. And, uh, and more and more, these tablets and stuff are also connecting to the social media aspect of it. So you really got to get into it. And you know what? If, it, if it's frightening for you, to, to, you know, if it's too newfangled, and I'm using this term myself now, I mean, things are going so fast now. Technology is changing that, uh, you know, the olden days that you and I are referring to mostly in, in today's episode of the show is like five years ago. <laughs> you know? Well, that's what's so said, bizarre. It, it, the digital revolution <laughs> happened so fast. It's, you, we could sit here and talk about the olden days, and it, the olden days are very recent. And, right. um, you know, we really are living a digital revolution. It's, um, 
you know, people have to learn how to do business this way. And like you said before, it's not just for books. It's for everything. And even in personal branding, you know, if you're a service provider, like a lawyer, an accountant, or, you know, a wealth management professional, although that's highly regulated and you have to be careful, I mean, if you're not on Twitter with a great handle, you are really missing, you know, the property rush. And maybe the real estate market sucks worldwide, but I have to tell you, it's a gold rush in terms of putting a stake in the virtual sand and at least making a handle for yourself that connects with your brand somehow, some way. And if you haven't done it, hundreds of others are going to do it. And guess what? You might not have a handle that relates to who you are and how you want to define yourselves in the virtual world anymore. Right. I mean, and even as a lawyer, you can't, again, you can't just, uh, you know, get a fancy name on Twitter, uh, even if you get the name Super Lawyer or, you know, the best lawyer in town, uh, you still have to engage the community and uh, it's, uh, answer some questions, you know, maybe answer some basic legal questions on Twitter or get involved in some of the legal conversations and uh, you never know, someday uh, someone's going to send you a tweet and say, uh, hey, I could use your help. You know, give me a call. Yeah, no, it, and I, it's, it's very tough to teach traditional business people how important that is because I do social media coaching for, you know, service professionals, you know, and this is not what I do for, I mean, this is my thing in trying to help them get on right. board and get excited, and it's very awkward for some of them. It's interesting. You know, yeah, I, I find that sometimes, because uh, I, I do uh, on the side also uh, build some websites, and uh, it, I find it helps. Uh, that I'll bring along my iPad, and I'll show someone, well, this is, how, this is how people are searching for the product that you sell, and this is how they're not finding you. And yeah, usually that, that'll open their eyes. And, and uh, you know, bring some figures with you. If you just say, look, there's 130 million of these things out in the world. People are not using computers, and I, I, the whole thing with, uh, I'm going to get ge- a little bit geeky here, but uh, trying to show uh, people who have uh, 10-year-old websites that use Flash or uh, other uh, outdated technologies that don't work on the newer devices, you really got to show people, and look, your website is just a blank page on my tablet. You're, you're missing out on 165 million people. So I think, I think sometimes just showing someone the technology, they've never held a tablet, they've never use the smartphone, but if you just show them that you, uh, you know, explain to them and actually physically show them, you have to be on this platform. This is where people are going to search for your product, whether you're a lawyer or the book guy, you know, or, you know, whatever you do, whatever you sell, if you sell electronic cigarettes, you have to be on that platform. Electronic cigarettes, did you say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating. Well, listen, we're getting to another commercial break, Paul. I told you, you know as a radio podcaster yourself that these things go very, very fast, but I would like you in every segment to plug all of your URLs because we're talking about electronic cigarettes. So <laughs> go ahead and tell my listeners where to find you, please. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me at paulthebookguy.com. Uh, you can also uh, find uh, our podcast. Uh, we just recently joined a nation of podcasters, uh, and you can join, uh, join us there at bearcrawlingnation.com. And I'll explain that name when we come back from the break. Yeah, that, uh, Bear Crawling Nation. Now, is that actually a community of podcasters? Uh, it is. The BCN, oh, my God, uh, the we can't wait to hear about Network. it. 
Oh, my God. We're so excited. So stand by and hear more about bear crawlers. All right. Paul, the book guy, will be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At BR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. BR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back and we're with Paul Alves, Paul the book guy. And Paul, are you... At Paul the Book Guy on Twitter. Uh, that's correct. The username Paul the Book Guy on Twitter. Uh, connect with me. I'll connect with you. That sounds terrific. Well, you certainly have a lot of information. We were talking about um, a podcast website that fascinated me. Tell us about that. Uh, we recently were approached uh, about a month ago by a gentleman named Charles McFall. Uh, he's also known as the Big C. Uh, and he had a, a group of, he has a group of uh, podcasts together called uh, bearcrawling.com or bearcrawlingnation.com. And, uh, you know, got to kind of explain that because, you know, you could take that the wrong way. Uh, bear, bear crawling is one of the toughest uh, exercises to do in sports. It's kind of like you're crawling like a bear and, uh, you know, there's, uh, the whole world is against you when you're doing this thing. So uh, his whole philosophy is, uh, you know, just power through life and, uh, you know, uh, really just a love of life, experience the other side of life. And uh, he, uh, he approached us, I think, at episode seven of Paul the Book Guy, and he said, hey, it's a great show. Well, we'd like you to join a bunch of like-minded individuals, people who are taking the podcasting seriously. Because uh, I don't know if you know, Sydney, but there's a lot of podcasts out there, and, and uh, the production value on some of them, uh, not so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Listen, anybody could have a, anybody could, you know, download their own podcast. So, yes, I absolutely know that. Right, because anyone can do it, and some of them do it from their iPhones, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he had a bunch of great shows there. You know, uh, there's uh, Alex the Movie Guy, the Seventh Row Center, and uh, there's an audiobook uh, show called Nil Desperandum, uh, Bear Crawling Nation Live. There's so many great shows uh, you know I, I i can't mention them all now we don't have time but uh we yeah we joined them there and 
Yeah, it's been fun. They're great. Uh, you know, network uh, of podcasters and a lot of the hosts from the other shows have come on. Paul the Book Guy uh, helped me out in a pinch of the co-host spot. Uh, again, connecting and this again all through Twitter, folks. All through Twitter and social media, that's where they found us. Uh, they happened to catch one of my posts. Uh, uh, it was uh, one of our listeners, Zach Man. He uh, he put us on to uh, to Charles McFall, and there you go. And uh, uh, Ministry of Podcasts dot com and Bearcrawling dot com got together. Well, no, so you have a strategic alliance. That's correct. <laughs> well, it sounds to me like you are, you know, um, have a great market share in all of this digital broadcasting stuff, and um, it's very very natural that. Bear crawler would um, you know come to you and ask to have an alliance because you're really pretty much in the same place. Uh, that's right, and uh, the thing is with with, uh, uh, with uh, our podcast. I mean, uh, my market is a lot smaller than you know uh, you know a big big market uh, radio. I mean, I don't have four million listeners, but uh, when you pull all of our podcasts together uh, and we do co-host spots on each other's shows. Uh, you know, people who listen to me co-hosting on one of the other shows might be intrigued to come over to Paul the Book Guy. You might have some book listeners on the movie show that come over to my show, and, you know, we're discussing movies on our show, and Alex the Movie Guy's on our show. Uh, you know, they may, it's kind of a cross-promotion thing, which you have to do online. Uh, a lot of book bloggers do it. Uh, some of them will do uh, a virtual banner tour where they'll, you know, connect each other's audience. It's, uh, it's kind of a united we stand, divided we fall thing, and uh, it just helps everyone increase their audience. And it's a, it's a great way to market. If you have a small website uh, and you have, let's say you, you sell cheese and your friend sells wine, why not get together, you know, cross-promote, and, uh, and off you go. That's like a cooperative apartment. <laughs> <laughs> building. Um, you know, I, I, I really do agree. I think what a lot of people have to learn, um, and again, I, I emphasize this because I find when I'm, you know, teaching, trying to teach lawyers and other service professionals the importance of marketing through social media, a lot of them really have to learn the art of giving back. A lot of them have to learn that it's really um, sometimes, you know, writing a great review about competition. They have to get over this competitive thing where why would, you know, sometimes they'll say, like, why do I have to plug another book? And right. the answer is, well, welcome to the new marketing world. That's right. That's right. And uh, even in uh, the olden days... You know, the old, I ago, love that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> even in the olden days, I mean, uh, if you go to a book launch, uh, the, there will be, you know, if there's 500 people there, 200 of them are authors, and quite a lot of them are in the competing genre. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, if a mystery author has a book launch, there's 200 other mystery authors there promoting and helping each other. So uh, that, that has to translate also onto online. There's no reason why you shouldn't be promoting your friend's book because, you know, the old adage, scratch my back, I scratch yours. Everyone's happy. It's a win-win situation. Well, I think that you're 100% right. Let me ask you a question. In this digital world today, and I'm curious to what your point of view is, how, how does, um, you know, public speaking in the physical world 
work with that? Do you guys help each other out saying, hey, you're in Michigan, I think you ought to contact, you know, um, the Michigan um, Chamber of Commerce um, you know, or the state chamber or, or the Detroit Chamber of Commerce because I might know somebody there. Do you help each other with stuff in the physical world as well as the digital world? Uh, ab- absolutely. And authors do it all the time. Uh, on social media, they'll interact. And then, uh, you know, and then you would get a kind of following and uh, conversation going and someone will say, you know, I'll be in San Diego on Tuesday. And the other author will say, well, hey, my friend has a bookstore. And uh, why don't you, here, here's his contact information. And, of course, it translates into the real world. Uh, and when you're doing promotion in the real world, uh, sometimes uh, being connected on social media will, of course, help you. Yes, absolutely. Well, I would imagine it, it translates from the virtual world to the physical world like anything else. I, you know, in the olden days, you know, you used to just have promotion. In the days, you know, um, you know, in the in the post digital revolution world, uh, you know, you have the virtual and the physical working together. We used to say when I was a corporate girl, it's like you know the online world has to start working with the offline world and vice versa in order to get maximum impact. Um, you know, that you can't really do one without the other anymore. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I do a lot of promotion online, but I still, you know, I carry in my bag, I have a, a hollow book filled with uh, promotional bookmarks. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do book events and, uh, and show up. And, of course, uh, one feeds off the other. You know, I hand out a thousand bookmarks or have people hand out a thousand bookmarks at a, at a book festival. It translates to, you know, new fans online uh, you know, uh, back and forth. You know, by the way, Hollow Book uh, just reminded me uh, about this whole connecting online thing. We had another listener. Uh, we'll call him Sir Jimmy. He likes to be remain anonymous, but Sir Sir Jimmy uh, contacted us and uh, he liked our show and uh, he sent me a free Hollow Book from from his website, freehollowbooks.com. I don't know if that was a shameless plug, sorry. No, but, please, uh, pl- this show is about <laughs> shameless plugs, so, you know, plug shamelessly whoever you want. <laughs> so, 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 Sir Jimmy runs uh, freehollowbooks.com, and uh, he basically, uh, I don't know if you've seen a hollow book, it's just a, a book with the, the middle carved out, and he makes them by hand, they're pieces of art, so he sent me one, and at this point, he's just a listener of Paul the Book Guy, nice guy, he wants to send me a hollow book. Uh, uh, Turns out we end up having a conversation on Skype. He's a really intelligent guy. Uh, we get along just great. And uh, he's just recently become my co-host on uh, another podcast we do called Emergency Broadcast System. So, again, connecting with the social media, you never know who you're going to meet. Uh, you know, I had... Um, I've had some. I've had MC Hammer send us book pics, you know, through Twitter. <laughs> you know, it's that's it's amazing. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, yeah. you know, that's funny. Well, you know, your name is out there, so if MC Hammer, you know, is a book enthusiast, why not? I guess you know, you could do a search for celebrities who love books, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And we're gonna have a segment on our show soon called the Celebrity Book Picks, uh, and we have a couple coming up. Well, you're gonna. I think that you are. Talk about monopolies. It looks to me like you're getting a great share of the of the book market out there and related digital subjects. Well, you know, it all comes down, Cindy, to to doing your research beforehand, like anything else. 
And uh, I listen to about 100 podcasts, uh, one episode of each of 100 book podcasts, and that was just the top 100. And, uh, you know, kind of just kept a notebook, uh, an actual pen and paper notebook, and uh, what I liked about each one, what I didn't like. And after listening to the top 100, I still decided that uh, the book show I wanted to listen to still wasn't in that top 100. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just like writing a book. If, if, if the book you want to read is not out there, you've got to write it. So uh, I got together with uh, Greg Ott, uh, Greg the book guy now, and uh, Chris Jager, Chris the book guy, he's, he's known as now. And, uh, you know, the three of us get together and, and do it once a week. Yeah, I know your Facebook page, which you know everybody should go to the Paul the Book Guy Facebook page, um, illustrates in cartoon form what you all look like. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Animated, uh, you're animated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you go to ministryofpodcasts dot com or one of the uh, one of the uh, album art there, uh, I'm the guy in the middle. I'm the hair challenged person in the middle. Yeah, well, it just means that you don't have to worry about your grays. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, it just takes another challenge away. It's, uh, you know, but, yeah, no, it's adorable. You know, I, I I think that it's great, and it gives a great sense of community, and you're certainly very, very generous with your knowledge in the area. You seem to be very enthusiastic about it, and it seems to me that you really want everybody to benefit in their digital publishing endeavors. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're big uh, promoters of the... Of authors, and we don't uh, discriminate whether it's uh, you know Orson Scott Card, uh, who's done some promos for us, uh, whether you're uh, you know a, a self-published author or uh, an up-and-coming author like uh, Jill Edmondson out of Toronto. Um, we don't discriminate uh, between how many books you sold. Or our only discrimination comes in reading your book. If we like it, we want you on the show, and. Uh, same goes for audiobook narrators because our, our, our podcast it covers uh, books, audiobooks, audio dramas, and podcasts. Uh, and I kind of uh, I didn't keep it solely to books and audiobooks just as a sort of safety valve because there are weeks, Indy, where I'll read two or three books and I am not going to talk about any one of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand that. I, well, listen, we're coming to the end of this segment, Paul, and then we have one more segment to go. You've been, you know, I just want to say three-quarters into the show, you've been a lovely guest, and I have to also tell you that your concerns about the drill, we heard it a little tiny, tiny bit, but it didn't <laughs> affect the show at all, so you're probably hearing it saying, oh, my God, it's fine. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Cause we have I just wanted to give you that feedback here. because I know it's probably just like really loud in your head, but it's not coming across very loudly through the podcast your, airwaves. Your sound engineer is a miracle worker. <laughs> he is. No, he is. Chad and, and the team at Voice America, they're really incredibly awesome. They, um, they really produce you know, high quality shows and I'm and I'm very proud to be affiliated with them. So let's take a commercial break with that shameless plug and come back in a few minutes with Paul the Book Guy. Stand by. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're in our last segment, sadly. I feel like I could go on forever with Paul Aldez, Paul the book guy. Um, and Paul, go ahead with your plugs. All 60 of your <laughs> online communities, go ahead. We have a few minutes. Go ahead. Uh, excellent, excellent. Uh, folks, go to iTunes, search for Paul the book guy. Uh, we'll come up as a podcast. And please subscribe if you like books or audiobooks. Uh, it's a, I think it's a great show. Uh, apparently a couple of thousand people also think it's a great show. Uh, I just got a, a text message, actually, Cindy, during the break uh, from uh, Sir Jimmy at freehollowbooks.com. Yep. And uh, he's offering anyone that's listening to your show, if they, if they want to take a look at freehollowbooks.com, uh, if you like any of the books on his site, just email him and mention Cindy Rakowitz, who stars of PR, and he'll give you an extra 25% off. So. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, he might just get an email from Cindy Rakowitz herself. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cindy, if you pick one out, I'll buy it for you. How about that? Oh, that's very sweet. I, I can't wait to take a look. And by the way, I want everybody to know um, the way we work here at Voice America with the podcast, it, um, it usually gets uploaded by the Voice America team. Um, you know, 24 hours later, they, they do some final touches um, and then upload it into the Voice America Talk archives that could be listened in perpetuity. Um, the, I, the easiest way that I like to go pe- tell people to search is just go to voiceamerica.com, search Cindy Rakowitz, and then, you know, my show pops up. And they categorize it really easily with, um, you know, October shows, November shows, December shows, and, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll go to December um, first and it will say, you know, oops, not available yet, but eventually they get around to it. Um, over the next 24 hours, and that's when you could easily bookmark it and, you know, download it and, you know, put it onto your social media pages and all of that kind of stuff. They're very smart, very viral, um, you know, and uh, I wanted to know where you could find it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, so download it now. And, you know, and it's a great format. You've got the one-hour show and uh, just perfect for a commute. So, you know, if you're in your car and 
you have your uh, you know your podcast machine with you, whatever it is. Yeah, great. Uh, love your show, Cindy. You definitely, uh, you've at least earned one more subscriber today. Oh, I'm I'm so glad to hear it. And the great thing is, is that even though I am live, you, you know, most people don't listen to it live. I mean, who's going to get up at least in L.A. at seven o'clock in the morning? Uh, you, you know, that, that's actually kind of uh, that's uh, that's par for the course with uh, as far as uh, uh, internet radio uh, podcasts. Because I mean, even like. Uh, uh, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak's No Agenda, which is, you know, they've got hundreds of thousands of listeners. Uh, if you listen live, you enter the chat room, you know, there's only a couple hundred people in there. And, uh, you know, so, some people joining the chat room for the first time might think, well, these guys have a nice little following. You know, meanwhile, you know, they're upwards of half a million listeners, right? Yeah, no, exactly. It's 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 a po- again, it's a it's a podcast world and podcast is different from terrestrial radio in many ways and if I have a guest on my show, you're very savvy in this area. But again, if I have sort of a broadcasting neophyte coming on to the show, they're like, "Well, who listens to your show at that time?" Right. And I'm like, "No, I mean, most of the listeners really download it through the archives. I mean, you know, we make the show and then it's you know, sort of well, put that, up there for people to look for on Google, and you know, Voice America does all of that SEO stuff really well. And um, you know, they're like, oh. And then if they're kind of online savvy, they know how to maximize its rankings because they use the show as part of their own promotion. So if they're, you know, an intellectual property attorney, they know how to connect it to keywords that, um, you know, bring attention to intellectual property and voila, all of a sudden the radio show comes up first in their Google rankings next to their websites. Those are the people that know how to do it. (laughs) Well, exactly. I mean, uh, I've had authors who've contacted me after being on the show and said, wow, when I... When I search for my book, you're now in the top three, you know, results. Or I have two or three listings from your site or your podcast. And uh, that's the whole thing, going back to what you were saying before about, um, you know, connecting with bloggers. Uh, you know, despite what you may think, folks, uh, especially some of you who are not as tech savvy as some of us might be, uh, a lot of these little blog sites might get you, you know, a quarter million views and sell you, you know, 20,000 books. You know, it's, uh, I really thank you so much for your enthusiasm about, you know, the blog community and, you know, helping to reinforce the message for, you know, business professionals and individuals, creative people, and how important it is in using it. Um, one thing I want to talk about that I don't think the show would be complete if we didn't, and I'm saving the good part for the end, is the writing process and how, you know, it could be very difficult and how I think that if people are really um, determined to write a book, that they do have to allocate the time. It's not something that just, you know, appears. And what I see in the digital publishing world today is a lot of people who are self-publishing aren't putting out really good products because they figure, oh, this is easy. I'm just going to like do this in two days, and I'm going to be a you know a published book author. But what happens is, if the content isn't solid and if it doesn't read well, the grammar is challenged. Um, if there's no storylines, if it's not packaged right, if it doesn't have a preface, if it doesn't have a proper 
table of contents and maybe appendix, it's probably not going to be well received. Do you want to give me input on that? Yeah, I, I think uh, all those problems that you just cited, uh, I think those are symptoms, and, and, and the real problem is that a lot of the self-published authors uh, fail uh, to uh, complete the step of hiring an editor. I mean, a third-party uh, editor who has no vested interest in, you know, fluffing up their ego, uh, a lot of these just, they edit themselves, and you can't edit your own book. Uh, Stephen King doesn't edit his own book. You know, uh, uh, you have to send it off to someone whose job is editing. And um, uh, I believe it was Stephen King in his book on writing, just to stay with the same author uh, mention. He said that uh, oftentimes you needed a third-party editor uh, to, quote, kill your babies because every chapter in your book that you wrote, you know, painstakingly is a baby of yours. I love that. I love that. You're not going to get rid of chapter 23, but your editor is going to say, look, chapter 23 is completely unnecessary, and we're just going to put a couple lines in 22, and and they'll do it for you. It's kind of even like with podcasting, and the same thing with podcasting. Uh, we're still working out the, the show pacing and the format for emergency broadcast system. And, uh, you know, it's still a work in progress. And, uh, you know, uh, two episodes ago, uh, we, we wrapped up and uh, posted it to iTunes. And I thought, I wonder, that was a good show. It was pretty decent. And then I sent it off to Charles McFall and uh, asked him, you know, I told him, be brutally honest. And he came back with, you know, a, a very well-written, uh, you know, long-form email and I read through it, and as I was reading it, you know, a little light bulb kept showing up my head and saying, yeah, he's right. He started the email off with, Paul, you talked about peppers for the first nine minutes. Uh, that's great. Well, you had to kill those peppers then, huh? Right. So, so you know, uh, he, he was absolutely right. And, uh, you know, uh, banter is great in the middle of a show. I mean, you and I can talk about, uh, you know, the price of cheese in France, <laughs> but l- maybe we shouldn't be doing it for nine minutes at the top of the show. Oh, <laughs> you know? I think you're absolutely right. Content is king. No pun with Stephen King intended. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, um, I really i am so glad that we're wrapping up the show and talking about how important it is for, you know, um, any virtual writer to think about, you know, to, to have an editor because it's, it, it, you've got to make the book readable. And, you know, even though platforms like Smashwords, you know, can help you publish a book for, you know, no, you know, financial investment, I mean, right. except for, you know, a few dollars, there are other things that really need to be thought about in terms of, you know, hiring professionals um, who can really, really help you have a terrific end product because if you don't, it's not going to sell. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, um, it's one of the things that I've learned, you know, through my writing process, but I've also learned that you have to kind of put yourself in a cave and you don't have life the same way that you're accustomed to having life pre <laughs> Pre-author. <laughs> yeah, you know when you're writing, you yeah you have to put yourself into a cave period. And uh, you know I, I do a little bit of writing, and uh, I like to use uh, the, on the Mac. I use Pages. It has a full screen uh, feature. And, and if you're writing, folks, just whatever you do, use the full screen feature. And if your app doesn't have a full screen feature, get a new app because the last thing you need is distractions from. 
Twitter and uh, all these other windows you've got open. You want a, a giant white screen or whatever color you want and just the words. Just focus on the words, folks. Very good advice. And, it, and with that, we have to end the show. But Paul, the book guy, Paul Alves, you have been a terrific guest, full of information. Oh, we can't go another hour. You know what? I'm going to have you on another time, and then we can. How does that sound? It's a date. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get together and, you know, talk about that because I think that you're fabulous. You're so generous with your, you know, knowledge and information. And I want to wish you a terrific holiday up there in Canada. That's and, right. um, you know, you enjoy and let's stay in touch. You're a new friend. Uh, well, you too, Cindy. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Like I said, I could go for another hour, and uh, I probably should get back to work at some point. We have podcasts to make. I know you do. Well, listen, everybody, I'll see you next week. We are going to be talking about intellectual property and um, First Amendment protection for social media platforms and why they are actually okay when negative reviews are written and how the First Amendment protects these platforms from, you know, you being angry with them. It's, they're just the platform folks, right, Paul? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, on that note again, happy holidays, and thanks for joining the show. And Merry Christmas, Cindy. Take care. Okay. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. Bye.